Also, you have champagne taste at Taco Bell. Every time I pick up the label, I'm like, oh, that's going to have to move another, you know, half a millimeter to the left. <laughs> does that does centered. that happen and we don't know it? Oh, absolutely. Says a lot about me. That's why I like to party. Thanks, Mom. I, I feel like I'm the perfect amount of cool for PBR, which isn't very cool. I order a parking lot taco. Okay. Yeah. And oh I, my god, I eat you have a name for it. Listen. <laughs> and I eat it before I leave the parking lot. And when I eat carrots, I actually eat the outside first. Because there's the, oh, the okay. core of the carrot. That's not where I thought it was I going. Know, I, thought... <laughs> I didn't I didn't know where it was going. Yeah, where <laughs> it was gonna go. I I don't know why. I've listened to it n- no less than 55 times at this point, and I still don't exactly know when to cut in yet. Really? Yeah. I still laugh at Jess's parking lot taco. It's like the I, most on-brand thing for her, but also so preposterous. I just laugh at your reaction to it <laughs> more so than anything. Well, yeah, because, okay, if you're like going to Taco Bell and you grab a taco and you eat it in the parking lot, that's fine. But for you to have like a routine and to name it something is just so good. Who had less than uh, five seconds before Taco Bell be mentioned on the podcast today? Oh, it's, yeah. It's just a thing. Yeah, yeah it's just that was plus thing. 100 in Vegas. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would say it was like minus 120. <laughs> it was Maybe. more common that it would, it was more likely. Than not likely. Yes. Uh, JP, what's up, dude? Hello, hello. Uh, you, when was the last time you were on the podcast? Anniversary party. And you've never been on a podcast not anniversary party, is that correct? Or have you been on one? No, remember. I've not been on the Saunders Stories podcast. No, I was with uh, the Gnome on the mm-hmm. podcast. Okay, at yeah, Oktoberfest. That was pre you starting here. Yeah, I basically only That's pod right. on the uh, you know the big events, the year Oktoberfest, your anniversary <laughs> parties. So you guys are getting me out here today on a regular uh, Wednesday. That's pretty. You're a big game kind of guy. Big game, yeah, yeah. And you cut your hair, which I don't love, uh, but mainly uh, mainly just because I can't get used to it yet. Well, just wait. I'm into it. I'll tell you what, the, my, my barber, shout out to Cody at Clifton Barbers, he, the dude's a pro, uh, he had the best line, he was like, did you ever watch wrestling? And I don't know how to answer that question ever. What do you, and <laughs> yes I, or no? I, I know, simple. I know. I said, well, you know, it's like, well, yeah, when I was a kid, you know, it's not like I still watch it, no offense to anybody that does, but <laughs> it's just not my thing. He said, well, do you remember when, uh, when uh, Kevin Nash cut his hair and became big sexy? I said, yeah. He was like, you just became big sexy. <laughs> That's the kind of juice that we need to pump in. Hey, it was yeah. extra tip. <laughs> so can we start calling you Big Sexy? I've been called worse. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of OJ You Betcha out today? I love it. Or I guess canned today. Uh, fresh off the line today. It's really good. Uh, just how I remember it, too. Uh, kind of fluffy mouthfeel with the orange and vanilla. Still that hot backbone that you get from You Betcha. They crushed it. They really got this one dialed in. Good answer, Chad. I'm just always amazed with how good Danny is getting at describing beers. I I, uh, I got like two years of experience. I know. 
I was expecting you to like say something, and then you just like blindly stood at all of us, and I'm like, stared at all of us, and I'm like, all right, cool, we'll just go with Danny's description. It's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say it any better. What'd you say? Fluffy mouthfeel, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a little uh, fluffy. Yeah, I don't think Chad liked that. No, very that was much. the only. It's the only critique. You don't I like have. fluffy? I don't like mouthfeel. Yeah, that's a bad uh, okay. word. Yeah, I mean, everyone likes mouthfeel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like immune to that one. I feel like it was a tad weird when I first started in beer, but I'm a child, so you know. uh, yeah. Well, that yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> Very immature. How do you feel about mouthfeel, JP? I mean, I've used that word. I'm not proud about it. But I've used it. <laughs> it's, it's not my favorite descriptor. You don't like it though. I don't dislike it. I mean, I'm yeah. I guess I'm. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty uh, indifferent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Frankly, you love mouthfeel. Or you love OJ Betcha. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, that's the question we were answering? No, 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 no. The, the question was, was truly about how do you feel about the word mouthfeel as a descriptor? Um, Texture. It's a better word. I think palate's a good one, too. Palate? Yeah. Body, right? Yeah. How does it feel in your mouth, right? <laughs> That's what that's what we're, that's what's what we're the describing. Texture, what's the texture you of the beer? Can't use the two words in the word to describe the word. <laughs> no, but that's what that's that's why it's applicable, right? For sure. It's like something that's round is round. It's circular. <laughs> Again, you can't you can't use the word in the definition. Well, I, I just did, and it worked, right? My fifth grade English professor would be very mad at you. You had a fifth grade professor, huh? I think I'm just so used to saying professor after college, but teacher, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Those Liz, private schools. Yeah, Liz, Liz is a preschool professor. I don't know. Isn't preschool like, and kindergarten professor. Isn't it the same thing? I don't know. Is it? Aren't professors just teachers? It's just a fan. Actually, I don't know if that's accurate. Isn't I feel it, like, because like I feel like to be a professor, you would need to get a different kind of education, no? I mean, I had professors that didn't have PhDs. I think, I mean, a professor typically is someone that's also published. You know, they have to do oh, studies and oh. Big sexy papers. with the knowledge. <laughs> that's right. I could see that being it. Dropping, dropping knowledge on us right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, also that, probably have is that for real? Yeah. You so, think I'm just making that up? I don't know. Are you? No, I know things. I could see that logic. <laughs> so so uh, there are college teachers and also college professors. No, I would, I'm pretty sure once you get into college and you're an actual tenured professor, they expect you to what? I had some, to like, publish ad, I had like some adjunct professors who like only taught like one class and it was like at night after their day job. They're definitely not like published. So, but were but, they but, but were they, they, they professor so and so or was it a teacher? I'm pretty sure I called them professor. I don't know. Maybe yep. that's not right though. Did that yeah, right? I mean, maybe maybe they were wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to know this. Before this is over, we're going to have to find out, like, the facts on this. Uh, well, all right, JP. Yo. So uh, I know we've talked a little bit about it on, on past episodes, about your role and, and, uh, and what, you, what would you say you do here. Uh, but why don't you just kind of give us an update for those that maybe haven't listened to past uh, episodes with you, kind of your role and, and um, what, how that's evolved and what that's like for you now. Uh, how it's involved, uh, evolved in terms of COVID or just uh, in general? So you have a little bit of – your territory has uh, kind of ebbed and flowed. It's, it's fluid. Uh, so to speak. <laughs> uh, maybe talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, I started January of 2020, so uh, a couple months before everything shut down. Um, 
you know, when I got to the point where I was just starting to, to uh, get my groove on and, and feel out my territory and, you know, get a vibe from, from the buyers and, and the, the folks in my territory, and then all of a sudden everything shut down. Um, so it was uh, obviously a little bit of a, a pivot, to use a, a Sonder term. Um, and it, it definitely changed then. Um, you know, our, our, big, our big box stores, fortunately, you know, helped us out a bit uh, through there. You know, your Kroger's, your Target's, things of that nature. Um, and, you know, in the last few months, we're finally getting back to uh, seeing a lot more draft, um, going to bars, and, um, you know, packages slowed a, a little bit. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it all comes out in the wash, so to speak. So, um, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely changed a lot. Um, you, you also, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know why this <laughs> is, you seem to have the most accounts that uh, it's like anytime we have an account we've sold beer to that – uh, announces that it's closing for whatever reason. It's always one of JP's accounts. Yep, just had another one this week. Every time, yeah, JP what? also gets all the new buyers. That's true. Yeah, yeah. but it it's just ebb and flow. Like so and so changed buyers. Must be JP's account. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> Keeps me on my toes. It's all good. You know, I mean, we joke about that, but it's got to be a bit of a challenge, right? Uh, to to maintain any continuity when there is no continuity. Yeah, right. I mean it's it's been tough. Um, I mean it's been tough for everybody, not just the sales team and not just myself included, but it's been tough for everybody here. So, um, you know, I'm just fortunate that um, I was here, and um, you know, I was able to to go to work every day and and you know just attack the hurdles as they were placed in front of me. What was uh, your What was your start date? Uh, it was um, January 10th. Okay. So it was the day of like the 2020. Em- yes, the day of the employee meeting last year was my first day. I remember that now. <laughs> you got right. like so you at least got like eight weeks in you before shit hit the fan. Yeah, but most of your time here has been in COVID. Yeah, and and I don't know if I've ever told you guys this story, but the the, the first day I had just left the brewery, Daniel was riding along with me. We get on I seventy one to go visit some accounts. Rock hits my windshield. <laughs> first day. I didn't know that. Yeah, true story. Like a big rock? <laughs> There's still a crack in my windshield. <laughs> Is there really? You never <laughs> fixed it? No. And as it bothered me, it's like way down low. You know, it's not like it's in my line of sight. So. Uh, but yeah, so I was just like, oh, here we go. <laughs> day one. And then, you know, my cardio wasn't, wasn't, wasn't uh, what it should be. And if you've ever tried to walk with Daniel, dude, I mean, is like... He's a speed walker. He, I mean... We're talking like a 12-minute mile pace just in a walk. Places to be, things to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's, so so uh, you get a crack in your windshield. Yeah. You're sprinting to accounts. Yeah. And then uh, a few weeks later, um, COVID happens. Uh, you have maintained the same position. Mm-hmm. Um, but how has it been different for you as so you mentioned package has has slowed down a little bit it's it's kind of I mean, you know there's obviously less people now drinking at home sure uh more people are going to accounts um so how ha, how has that kind of changed what your day-to-day looks like uh as that has changed well obviously uh you know the first couple of months of covid um i mean everything was closed when we were closed everything was closed so um i, I couldn't even go visit a bar or an on-premise account um and you and you uh, made up for that time by home delivering as well helping with oh home sure delivery. did sure did yeah and that was uh <laughs> that was an experience it was an experience I'm, I'm really glad that we figured out how to do it and i'm really glad that we um you know were able to uh you know to get beer to people around town but 
man. Also, uh, really glad that we're not doing it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad to not have to do that anymore. My poor car. I mean, just you know, it's my my Honda. We had lots of lots of cases in the back. So, um, but yeah, it um, and not only home deliveries. We were we were delivering our Kroger orders and our yeah. You know, that's true. It, you yeah. know, so it was like if I if I sold beer on Monday, I was out delivering it on Tuesday. So that's obviously changed, um, and that's once again something I'm very glad that I'm not doing. Um, you know, I've delivered beer quite a bit, and uh, you know, I really respect uh, our drivers um, because that's not a fun job, and it's definitely a thankless job. But um, you know, our guys seem to do a pretty good job of it, and I appreciate it. So yeah, they they, they definitely crush it, and we just added uh, Tannis, who will be uh, who's who's on the team now, but will be doing yeah. that. Um, it's funny. More full time now. I've actually never said this on the podcast, but um, you know, I don't know this for sure. But yeah, now that I have a couple accounts that I frequent, just as places that I enjoy going to, I always hear people speak highly of like sales reps because those are the people that are speaking with the buyers a whole lot and kind of making that relationship. I actually always hear that buyers really enjoy interacting not only with our sales team, but with our delivery drivers as well. Yeah, for sure. It's like pleasant to see them when they deliver and they're always very happy to accommodate and, you know, even set up some beer for them and stuff like that. So that's always really good to hear that from the top down, our sales team is really creating a good customer experience with the people that are purchasing our beer, which goes a long way, right? I think that because like our, our delivery drivers could just drop in and let the beer sit there and not do anything, but it's cool that they want to interact and speak with the buyers as well. Well, and and to JP's point, it it often goes, um, you know, kind of unrecognized, which is, which, which sucks. Right. Um, I I like that those guys are a a big part of our team for sure. Um, and they do a, they really do a great job. Yep. Um, okay. We're going to, we're just going to jump into JP, the dude. Because you've been on before. We've talked about your role a lot. We've had Wayne on. Mm-hmm. Most of our uh, listeners probably know what our sales guys do. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to jump in on who you are. Okay. Um, so uh, one thing that you asked me in our last ride-along um, is uh, oh if you had <laughs> – I feel like this is a great question. I've now used this, J.P., uh, multiple different times. I have no recollection of this. Um, <laughs> with, with multiple different people. Because uh, it's a really great, uh, like, kind of icebreaker under the hood kind of question. Uh, if you had infinite amount of money and you had to buy three cars, what would those three cars be? You at, remember when you were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're talking about how you would ask Kristen that. Um, your uh, lovely better half. Yeah, and uh, you we're said, all very excited to move here in a couple of weeks. Yes, yep. Yep. Uh, you also mentioned that she did not have as much fun with this conversation. No, as what you were hoping no. she would have. She had no fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, and actually, a funny story. We were, uh, you know, back when when COVID was in pretty full swing, especially in Chicago, which is is where she lives. Um, we, you know, it was a nice summer day, and we walked down on the lakefront path, and we saw just an awesome. Probably late sixties, maybe early seventies Bronco, like fully Oof. restored, top like, down, top down. Ugh. And I was like, "Wouldn't that be fun to just drive around in that?" And she's like, "Yeah, I guess." <laughs> I'm like, "If given the choice between that and my Honda Accord, you're, you're just <laughs> she's sticking with the Accord yeah, with the know. cracked windshield, just indifferent." Yeah, she likes the experience of the Honda Accord. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I'm going to give you a couple seconds to think about this. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even really need need time. Um, okay, come on with it then. Yeah, I uh, no money is no object. 
Oh, okay. You get three yeah. different cars. I mean, that's how he currently lives. Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> have I mentioned that I drive? Have you seen his feet? Yeah. <laughs> I drive. Oh, I do. Well, sneakers, but yeah. We'll get uh, into that here in a second. Good, good. Uh, yeah, so I love, um, ever since the 80s, uh, if you think back at 80s movies, 16 Candles, um, uh, Risky Business, like what was the car in all those, right? Like the Porsche. Okay. okay. There, is yeah, yeah, no, yeah. there is no substitute, right? I think that's a line from Risky Business. Um, so I've always, always, always been a big fan of uh, any Porsche. Um, I love them. It's so much so that, I, I mean, I get sponsored ads on Instagram all the time, and I'm thinking, like, you're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> well, well, now all of us are going to get it because yeah, our, all of our phones sure. are listening. Yep. Right? Uh, so I would, love, um, I would love a Porsche. I, I don't care what kind. Um, G- I don't give me one just for the sake of the exercise. Um, actually, like, that new electric one's pretty hot. You, you, so we talked, do you remember yeah, talking about yeah, this? Yeah. Uh, so I did some research after you, after you talked about this. And by research, I mean I just Googled photos of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is pretty fire. Yeah. For being an electric Porsche, I don't know that I could get behind, if I'm going to own a Porsche, I don't know that I could get behind an electric one. Yeah, is it quiet? I think like one of the it's perks. It's got to be, right? I think like one of yep. the perks of having a car like that is that you get to, like, flex a little bit. Like, when you hit the gas, you hear it. Well, yeah, maybe if you're a tool bag. I mean, if you own a Porsche, you can't tell me that when you're going on the on-ramp for 71 and you got no one in front of you, you're not putting that thing on the floor and enjoying the sound. Yeah, but if yeah, there's gonna, no I'm one in sh- front of you, then who are you flexing for? Well, I mean, like, the enjoyment of it. I get it. <laughs> and I only say that because, for one, I saw one today that was it caught my eye. Okay. And for two... Um, I actually I mean, didn't know they were available yet. I thought mm-hmm. it was... Okay. No, Joey B's got one. Joe Burrow. Good That's, what he, that's what he drives. Oof. I'm just trying to picture you... All six foot seven of you. That one's a sedan. So okay. I can't get in that one. And that's why I said that because because I I don't know that I could fit in any of the two seaters. I would. Well, you referred to the eighties movies, right? So I'm picturing. Yeah. Oh yeah. What was that a nine eleven? Was it a nine eleven? It was a nine. I believe it was a nine forty four and sixteen candles. Okay. And um, it might have been the same. In a Porsche nine eleven turbo would be. Pretty, oh, Hondo P. Yeah. Pretty I'd, ridiculous I'd love that. Yeah. though. Wouldn't yeah. It? yeah. yeah. I, I think I would do that before I would do an electric one. If I was going to port, uh, yeah, the route of a Porsche. You're right, and that should be the answer. But I saw an electric one today that looked – I drive by the Porsche dealership all the time just because it's on my route. Does so. any part of you want it a little bit more because Joey B has one? A little bit. <laughs> I accept that answer, by the way. Yeah. It does for me as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he went car number one, PMP, Chad. Give me your first car. Money is no object. You have to, you have to buy three cars. Yeah, so I've actually said often that if I had fuck you money, yeah. which is like a Mark Cuban term, yeah. uh, I've always wanted like an 80s truck. Okay. Like, the like two like, 80s. Yeah, the like bench like sure, trucks with sure. like the like retro look. Yep. Get like like a, like a C10, like a Chevy C10. Yeah, get like a yeah. red or blue, like kind of like the steel bed. Okay. Uh, I'd love to get like a like one of the old Fords, or, like one of the old Chevys. Yeah. Okay. I'm not like super picky. I think all the styles of those are pretty sweet. Uh, okay. Uh, chat. So it's funny you talk about the Bronco. I owned a 1996 white Bronco Eddie Bauer edition that I bought. It had like 90,000 miles on it. Bought it for like four grand or whatever it was. That was your first car? It was my second car. Okay. That's fucking awesome. That's uh, pretty sweet. I never yeah. knew this about you. We got, uh, we got about 11 miles to the gallon on that bad boy. But if money's no issue, and obviously if maybe they had an electric version of it. So I would say maybe like if they have – do they have an electric version of the new Bronco? I don't believe well, so. Well, they just came out with the Bronco for the first time. In <sighs> Hold on. Why are you so, – so, okay, again, money's no object. You're going electric as well? Well, because I'm I want, fine with it, by the way. I'm fine. It's just this is an interesting piece so of the conversation. The respons- there's the responsibility part of it, right? 
Sure. Like, I want the... You I can't... Want, it's I want like my when, It's like when somebody Jesus jukes me. Yeah. You just responsibility juked me. <laughs> it's one of our core values, and you just responsibility juked me. <laughs> well, again, I was getting 10 to 11 miles per gallon. Sure. But... Yeah, but gas was 87 cents then, right? Like Inflation, bro. No, I Do mean, you know, fun no. fact, the first time I ever filled up my car, ever, I had a 95 uh, Chevy Camaro was my first car. Ooh. Uh, bought it on eBay, by the way. Nice. Had it shipped up here from Florida. Oh, wow. Uh, I paid almost as much in shipping as I did for the car itself. I so that it. was interesting. Wait, why didn't you just... You should have, like, flown down and drove it back. That yeah, I should have, right? It would have been sweet. Yeah. Uh, actually, so my parents paid for a portion of it. That was, uh-huh. like, my birthday gift, and right. then I paid for some of it. Uh, and then it was pretty sweet. My dad had a, had a... He knew I loved music and had a, a 12-inch JBL sub put in the back with an oh, Alpine nice. speaker. That was, like, my birthday gift. That's pretty sweet. Since I paid for most a lot of the car. And, and uh, <laughs> uh, first time I filled up was 99 cents a gallon at Walmart. Fun fact. So, and then it quickly went It was in 1996. Much higher than that. I bought it in 2001. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite car that I'll probably ever own was that car. So if I could buy one of those. Did it have the top that came down? Yeah. Well, it okay. was the hard top that you had to like. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. You'd have uh, four friends to, to, yes. yeah. Yeah. to lift it off it and then to un- unbolt it and everything. Yeah. Uh, but my, that's my favorite car that I have so, owned. So your first answer is you would get a new Bronco. I would get a new 1996 Eddie Bauer Bronco. I wouldn't get the like new. A, re- a restored A restored. One. Yes. Okay. That's a good answer. Yeah, I, okay. don't, I don't love the new body style. It doesn't have Ooh, that Bronco. I, <laughs> I hate Fords. Well, I don't know that I hate Fords. I, I've never owned a Ford. Probably wouldn't buy one, but I would Let buy me that. say this. I don't hate the body style, but I hate it that it's still a Bronco because it's not that iconic Bronco body style. It does not look like an old one. It looks right. like a Ford Escape. It looks like a It yes. kind of does. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. My first answer would be a 1963 split window uh, Chevy Corvette. Uh, 63 is my favorite year. It had the split window in the back, the iconic uh, lined on the back window. What color, though? Uh, the baby blue color. That's the right answer. Yeah, uh, that is that is my ultimate. Uh, that is my ultimate muscle car, or or I guess uh, whale of a car. That I will. I, I've told Liz. Uh, I like to. I like to just like think about things that will occupy me when when I'm no longer working. You know, all the hours a week I am, and I can imagine like as I'm older, one of the hobbies I have because you can only golf so much, right? One of the hobbies I have being... I haven't found my limit yet. <laughs> I actually... Yeah, okay. I get it. Uh, being uh, working on cars or, or restoring them or whatever that looks like. And mine would be... My first one would be a 1963 Corvette uh, or a 1969 Camaro. I don't, I don't know. But I'll go with 63 Corvette, split window, baby blue color. Uh, okay, car number two, JP. Go. By the way... Um, Contact us at sonderbrewing.com. I would love to hear some answers to this. Yeah, um, and we then, can post it on social Yeah, and then we'll, then we'll post it and have some fun with it. Uh, JP, car number two, go. Um, you ever seen like a late 60s Buick Riviera? Of course. Those are so gangster. Yes, <laughs> they are. Black they on are. black. Like okay, I was going to ask what black, color. Black, okay, black, black, Every single thing so you would black. So you would pimp it out, though. You, would, you don't want it to look retro. Like You would pimp it out, have, have I don't know dope, that I, I don't dope know wheels that, and tires on it. I don't know that like, pimp out is the word, but I would just want everything to be black. I like exhibit, pimp my ride? No, Wasn't it exhibit? I, I, don't want, yeah, I don't need a mini fridge in, <laughs> in there. PlayStation? That's the most ridiculous show. I, I don't know. need any of that. Those were the dopest pet my rides, though, when they did, like, an old, an old car like that. Yeah. It was sweet. Uh, all right. Uh, 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 Riviera is your answer? Yeah. Okay. Uh, P&P, Chad, whichever one of you wants to go first. 
my second one would be uh, like a, a brand new, like dope Jeep. Uh, like one of the Saharas. Oh, okay. Okay. So like a new Wrangler. Yeah. Okay. Um, Chad? Uh, my, score, my sports car would be an, an Audi R8. Those Oof. are awesome. Oh, yeah. 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 Pretty nasty. Yeah. Uh, what color for both of you? What color? Uh, mine would be, my Jeep would be black. Okay. Probably some sort of like metallic gray. Okay. Yeah. Those are That's always, pretty sweet. Yeah. Those are slick, yeah. Uh, I would have a matte black uh, G-Wagon, Mercedes G-Wagon. Those are um, We have a gaggle of children, too, so that's you, true. you need something. Yeah, because they're not all fitting in the uh, 1963 Corvette, right? <laughs> right. Um, Isn't at the point? <laughs> well, so you've got, you've got to have three, right? That's true. Yeah, we got three. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, why you, that's why the question is so applicable, right? Everybody can yeah. answer it. Like, you have a car that's fun. Um, a car that's a run-around town car, yeah. which mine would be the G-Wagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, just a third for good measure, yeah, right. um, of course. Uh, all right, JP, third. Uh, I'd probably just want a big truck, Toyota Tundra maybe. Yeah. Yeah, white. That's my third, too. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't. My muscle car is uh, Vin Diesel's Fast and Furious uh, 1970 Dodge Charger. Okay. That thing is fucking sexy. Okay. The exact thing, like black, like exhaust out the top. It's fucking rad. Okay. Uh, Chad? I guess the Bronco kind of is my Jeep car, mm-hmm. right? And then I've got the, the sports car, so I would get a truck. Uh, I would have an Aston Martin DBS Superlegra. Uh, Aston Martin is my favorite, like, premium sports car. Yeah. Um, filthy, filthy, filthy. Uh, all right, so JP, let's nope. get to the beer. Okay, uh, what's your favorite Sonder beer? Ooh, um, man, you actually have to give us five. Your top five. Oh, okay. Five. Can, that's my. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. much easier. Uh, in no particular order. Okay. Um, Mella. We'll accept seven in your top five. Mm-hmm. No, it'll just be five. And we'll just make fun of you for having more than yeah, five no, in your uh, top five, like yeah. Justin F. <laughs> so uh, Mella. Okay. Uh, Hundo P. Okay. Uh, Rally Cap, which I think is the best lager, not only in the city, but maybe in the state. Yeah, come on with it. I can't think of a better one. I agree. Um, Chase is geeking out over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Let me see here. Um, this is going to be an eclectic tell you, mix, I think. I really love Nocturnal. Okay. Yes. I think that beer... Uh, Kind of flew under the radar, and it was pretty fire. Dude, I it's agree. still sipping great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, oh God, probably just for my boy TK, I got to say Straight Clouds. I love is that, that beer. Is that TK's favorite? Oh, he, lo- he loves that beer, yeah. yeah he did I don't think I knew that. I, I think that. he, like, came on, like, right, right around when, then, right yeah. when we, like, just released Straight Clouds. And, he was, and, like, I can just see him being like, Bro, this is the type of like heat we're going to be selling. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has got that funk. Yeah. Funk. That's <laughs> a, this is that funk. This is that funk. Uh, but I mean, that one's that one's close. I mean, there's probably I could probably replace that with a few others. Yeah, I knew you were going to have an eclectic mix because you kind of are. Uh, I'm all over the place. Yeah, you have a wide range yeah. of styles that you really like. I I, uh, I mean that the macaroon style we just did was incredible. Yeah, insanely um, good. Uh, we just we were talking just before this that I haven't. Uh, had too many of my I've been open very many of my family tradition bottles so um you know I've not had most of those which I'm looking forward to doing 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I love all the sours that have come out of the, 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 the sour room as well. So People sleep on those. Those are oh, effing delicious. Yeah. And they're so... The fact that Pulls from the Food are st- is still available right we now... We have that one bottle left. We do. We're down to one bottle. Yeah. Good. That's... The fact that it lasted as long as it, as it did travesty. is just travesty. Yeah, it's people, true. Are, people are missing out on that one. It's a fantastic beer. And uh, Chad had one of his friends in the brewery yesterday, and Chad was like, how would you describe this beer? I was like, it's, it has way more depth than, you know. Speaking of pools from the fooder. What? Is that the beer that you were talking yeah. about? Okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, you know, it has way more depth than, you know, what Adela or Analog would have. You know, Adela and Analog are phenomenal beers, but you largely get – the adjuncts and then that sour tang on the end, right? Where with pulls from the fooder, as the beer warms up, it tastes a little different. As it sits on your palate, it tastes a little bit different. Each sip's a little different. It's so nuanced because you get that like sour tang up front. Some of the like dry berry kind of musk from like the um, the lacto and the also the um, the brett, and then like that oak on the end is. It's not like a bourbon oak that I think a lot of Cincinnati drinkers are used to. It's that more like refined almost like wine character oak to it. It's, it's just a phenomenal beer. People are sleeping on it. Uh, if you want to get up here, you can grab the last bottle. But uh, yeah. What about the mouthfeel? Mm. <laughs> well, I kind of spoke to the palate. It's good. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit dry, yep. which, which um, I like a lot. Almost like a white wine character. It or does like have a champagne. the wine characteristics to it. That's actually a, a part of our uh, sours that I really like is that I feel like they really grab that wine characteristic really well. And I think wine drinkers would actually love that beer if they gave it a shot. Well, and I'm, it, and I'm just a sour, I'm a sour guy anyway. Like, yeah, I, I, I trade all these, you know, quote unquote, you know, hype barrel aged stouts for sours all the time. And people think I'm crazy, but it's what I like to drink. Like I'm right. the same way. You know, most, most of these, the big stouts that are in my cellar will sit there for years and have sat there for years. But if I know if I have a sour, like I can crack that open. And if I've got to like, solo dome a 750 like i can do that i'm really weird about you uh, by the way you have to be really cool to be able to say solo dome a 750 <laughs> yeah and uh, for it to not sound weird that's right and, and jp says it and it's all we're all just like yeah yeah cool on to the next that thing tracks yeah <laughs> if i say yeah man if i i mean i could solo dome a 750 you guys would all look at me like dude you can't say you that gotta relax, yeah man. you're yeah, <laughs> you're not cool enough to say that <laughs> it's it's that's a very accurate statement oh yeah uh, sorry, I cut you off, Danny. I, what I was going to say j- just like right before that was, uh, you know, a big stout like that, JP, for me, I, I'm usually splitting that with somebody that I know will appreciate it as much as me. Mm-hmm. Uh, a sour, um, I can solo dome a 750 by myself as Attaboy. well. And it's, uh, you know, it, yeah. it's something that it's like a seven out of 10. You did all right there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard worse. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Hey, oh, there goes, there goes you just gotta. Hey, you just gotta act confident, right? <laughs> That's yeah. right. Confidence say, is key. Say anything with confidence. I feel like I like barrel aged stouts for like five weeks a year. Yeah, I agree. I and, I, and for me, it's like one really big day. It's like Bourbon County Day with my dad. Yeah. Outside of that, I'm like, oh, I'm good. I get like really excited about barrel aged stouts because they like all come out in like a four month span for the most part. Yeah. It's a hell of a five weeks though. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> true. I, I, it is a great five weeks. I get, I get really excited for like the first five weeks, and then I've had enough barrel aged stouts for a year, and I'm like, all right, I can move on now. That's why my cellar only gets bigger and doesn't get any smaller. So, uh, do you, what would you say? Those are your fav- five favorites. Yeah. What what would you say you've drank the most of? Sonder beer. Oh, God. Definitely um, an important question. Yeah. Uh, well, it's hard because none of the ones I mentioned are, are any of our beers that are available year-round. Exactly. That's why I asked um, it. See what I did there? I see what Cherry you did picker. there. <laughs> Honestly, um, I mean, probably Rally Cap. 
Because yeah. if I'm here, if I stop in here for a beer, that's what I'm going to have. Um, and, you know, I've, I usually have it in my fridge. So, uh, and, you know, I just, if I'm sitting there watching a baseball game, like, that's that's what I'm going to go. That's what I'm going to gravitate towards. So, o- OJ, you betcha. It, uh with this beer coming next week. Is that something so for you being um, on the streets selling to our retail partners, Mm -hmm. does a beer like this get you excited and get our retail partners excited? I mean, how does does something like this, uh, you know, translate outside of our tap room? Well, I think, um, you know, I think uh, Danny can attest uh, anytime, you know, we break out the 16 ounce cans, people get, you know, people get excited. Um, I mean, that's evident from the last couple of beers we've released, which, you know, we're just absolutely juggernauts. So, uh, yeah, I think anytime we, uh, you know, we, we break out the tall cans, um, people are excited about it for sure. Um, and with you betcha being such an established brand of ours, um, you know, the fact that we just slightly tweak it and, uh, you know, add some fruit to it. Um, you know, I think that's, that's definitely something that people are, are super into. I, I'll be honest. I, I, I mean, not that I didn't like it before cause I did. Um, but having it right now, and I don't know if there's something about the fact that it's right off the can line. I don't know what it is, but it is fire. Mm-hmm. It's so good, man. It's ridiculous. And yeah, I think I, it's such a – oh, go ahead, Chad. No, go ahead. I think it's such a unique play on what is what what uh, JP said is a very established brand for us. It's just different of enough beer that you don't feel like, all right, they threw a little bit of orange and vanilla and, you know, are now upselling me for what is a you betcha six-pack, you know. Um, it's really just a creative way to – I think it adds a lot of depth to our You Betcha brand because You Betcha drinkers are going to pick up this and pick up a six-pack You Betcha and be able to enjoy both. And uh, I think to JP's point about the 16-ounce cans, I think, you know, after two and a half years, we've kind of built up this rep of you want to give our 16-ounce four-packs a try yeah, because they're unique, they're trendy, and uh, our team really gets excited about them, and it shows in the beer. And they may not all be your favorite, but you've definitely had – like a couple or if not all of them that you've really enjoyed. So I think we've kind of built up that reputation, which is really cool. I agree. Um, I, I think this, you know, it's, it's interesting over the last five minutes of this podcast, we've talked about um, the depth and complexity of a beer like pulls from the fooder all the way to this. And it, it you know, we talk about rally cap, uh, the best lager in the state, which I, I could not agree more. Uh, it really goes to the whole brand of uniquely crafted, yeah. right? All of these beers fill a different uh, need or void or or uh, interest for the consumer. Um, you know, we can do something like family tradition to OJ you betcha to you know pulls from the fooder to nocturnal. I mean, I could go down the list, right? It really it really speaks to the uniquely crafted feature of who we are in that all of our beers are uniquely crafted. We talk about, I mean, geez, we talk about it almost every episode, but it's for whatever reason, it's never been more evident to me than it is right now. As we talk about such a wide array of our products. Yeah. I think, I think top to bottom, um, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find a brewery that, that dabbles in as many styles and executes them well. Um, and Oh, by the way, can release an ice cream beer in for the same sure. Week. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, obviously, you know, I'm on the payroll, so you know I'm, I may be biased, but uh, I mean it's it's true. When you look at our portfolio, it's just I mean it's just banger after banger of well executed, well balanced beers, and, and I don't think there's enough of that. Well, it's a healthy mix in this too, world, right? It's a healthy mix too of our production team is willing and ready and prepared to make any style of beer, and we know that we have the same confidence in them to execute it. 
for sure. All right, so Chad, I know you got to go here. Um, is there anything real quick like you just want our our listeners to know about JP, who's who's a huge portion of your team? Yeah, I it goes back to what I what I've said about the entire team. Uh, I you know in my role, I'm so lucky to have this team because JP makes my job easier. Um, I can focus on the things that I need to do and not worry about him. He goes into our accounts, treats him with respect, um, knows beer better than almost anybody I've met. Yep. Uh, he was the first person that I knew in the craft industry uh, just because he was the giant guy with a long beard and long hair, right? Like, <laughs> not anymore, suckers. Not anymore. <laughs> now we're really leaning on that beer knowledge. Yeah. Big sexy's in the room. Yeah. <laughs> If we don't name a beer Big Sexy, we've done it wrong. Right. Well, I really hope it's not taken. Ah, even if it is, we should try it. Yeah, we'll do it oil. <laughs> yeah, it's worth a shot, right? I bet Little Shoots is available. Oh. <laughs> um, yes. Or Big Shooter. No, I'm just, I'm so thankful to have him, uh, you know, on the Sonner team and, you know, to have him uh, making my job easier every day. Um, and then also, like, the last thing, I'm, we were talking about COVID earlier. The other part of your job that when we brought you on, we had talked about, and you were able to do it once is you're bouncing back into the Columbus market. And, you know, so you're, you're going up there more frequently. And I, that's a really exciting opportunity for, uh, you know, for us to continue to grow that brand. We've got a nice established base there, but I think now that, that you're going up there, you have your, your network. Um, I think the sky's the limit for what you're going to do in Columbus. And I, I can't wait to see what happens this summer. Yeah, just with the company overall, I think the sky's the limit. I'm, For sure. I'm, I'm pumped about it. Um, thanks, Chad. See you, Chad. Uh, okay, let's address the elephant in the room. Um, let's talk about how you are, um, by a mile, um, the maybe, I don't want to say only, because TK's got some heat. There's some other guys, but by a mile, the easy answer for bigger sneakerhead than me. Uh, how long have sneakers been a thing for you? Oh man! And I already know the answer, but I want yeah, I want our you've, listeners you've seen to the hear. Picture. Yes, I have. All right. So I, I, you know, and I, I, I grew I grew up in the golden age of sneakers, right? For like, sure. Like my, you know, my age, I was, um, you know, in elementary school when Michael Jordan came on the scene, right? So I yep. got I got all the Jordan stuff. Yep. Um, weirdly enough, something that I don't know if we've ever talked about. I was a huge, you know, I, I, I played tennis. I was a huge Andre Agassi guy. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, so okay. I, I love. Is that why you had long hair? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's why I had long hair. And I'm currently wearing acid wash shorts with spandex shorts underneath. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I was, you know, I, I loved Andre Agassi's kind of style and sneakers. And, um, you know, and... Uh, I mean, I've just, I've always loved them. And, you know, it's just like growing up, you know, you, you get those sneakers on the first day of school and you, you roll into school and you feel like you're invincible, right? A hundred percent. You feel like you're, you're, you look like a hundred bucks, you know, you got yep. your, your outfits, you got your sneakers and then, you know, in a week you've probably destroyed them. But, yep. you know, for that. Cause you minute, wore them every day to school. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, sneakers have been, um, you know, kind of a part of my mean life i know it sounds weird but forever no i can um, i can completely relate and i and i know it's like you know people don't understand the hobby or the, or the fascination or why do you have so many shoes and it's just like you know it's just what i it's what, what makes me i mean it's just it makes me happy yeah 
You I, like what you like. I, I yeah. agree. Um, so I kind of phased out of it for a while. Got back in. Um, thank you yes, for that, I'm by sorry. the way. <laughs> um, you know what I love about the sneaker community is, uh, you know, and, and uh, I, I think I've talked about it on other podcasts, and Chad is, is a part of this with me, but I also love sports cards, and that's something that I was also into as a kid. The thing I love about the sneaker community, which is different than the sports card community, is if you meet a sneakerhead, uh, a sneakerhead may or may not flip a pair of shoes that they win in a lottery because they don't love them uh, or because they could make some money on it. But generally speaking, anybody that's doing that will also wear and have an awesome collection of sneakers. They're yeah. not in it to make money, right? Right. right? It's something that is an, an added benefit. And I feel like that's something I love. I, I have a buddy who um, is, is really into a shoe that recently released. I hit on the lottery, and I just sold them back to him at the cost that I paid because I knew it was a shoe he really wanted mm-hmm. and I didn't love. Right. You don't get that in a lot of uh, like hobbyist communities where you can also make a little money. Um, and it's something, JP, you said it exactly right. I, I, it makes me happy. Right. Every time, even though I know most of the time I'm going to lose, every time I enter a lottery for a pair of shoes, it just makes me incredibly happy. Well, I've been, I've been on a tear. You have been on a the last couple of weeks. A yeah, ridiculous I think, uh, year. I think I've, I've, I think I've won five or six pair of shoes in the last two weeks. So, what is it from your perspective? So, we have a lot of different personalities on the team, right? And so, I think about uniquely crafted with our beer, uniquely crafted with our team, um, and then our brand, and, and just full, you know, full circle. Is there anything, um, you know, with our sales team or with JP in particular that that you think of that just really encapsulates? Um, that uniquely crafted piece for our team and, and specifically with JP. For sure. Uh, so I did a ride along with JP maybe six months ago. Pro- it, was it was longer than that. Probably, was, I think it was like over the summer. It was last, last year. Summer, so yeah. it might have been a year, uh, which was like a really telling experience for me, actually. I, I always say that I could never do our sales team's job. Uh, it's, it's a skill set that I don't, I, I think I might have, but I'm certainly not like very good at it. Uh, I just appreciate how much they partner with our retail partners. And we call them retail partners because it's adequate that we partner with them. We're not, they're not just people that we sell beer to and try and make money off of, right? Like, that's the biggest thing that I was impressed with when JP would walk into a bar. He's trying to figure out how can we best serve you. Like, he's not overselling beer to them just to get a buy. Like, he's making sure that, you know, and I think that is a selling strategy that works because buyers see that as well. It's like, hey, I know this guy isn't overselling me. He's just doing what he knows can move through here. So I always appreciate that from all of our sales team that, you know, they know the names of all the buyers and they know when to stop in and they know the protocol and how each one operates and each buyer is very different, right? So that ability to walk into an establishment and know what needs to be said to get a sale and to really make sure you're getting the most out of each location is something that I'm always thoroughly impressed with with our sales staff. And JP does a great job of it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it's something every time I know, to your point, every time I do a ride along with one of our team members, I know it's, it's going to be a little bit different every time depending on who I'm with, right? Yeah, that's the other thing too is like I think we have five sales reps who all sell beer wildly different. That's right. But it works and it's all on brand for us. And they all... They all do a good job of partnering with our retail partners, but they just do it in their own right, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no right or wrong way to sell beer, right? That's right. Uh, JP does have probably the dopest place for lunch, which uh, is Oak well, Tavern. I've, I've got a few, yeah. I mean, I love Oak Tavern. Oak Tavern, I, for I, sure. I, I, the I, Wings. I frequent Oak Tavern all Jeepers. the time. I mean, 
It's a uh, uh, Wayne might fight us because he's probably going to say knockbacks. Yeah, right? I mean you can't go wrong with either. That's Wayne, right. Wayne always says weird stuff about places to eat. I, <laughs> <laughs> he'll say yeah. he'll go to some obscure place that is probably good, but I'm just kidding. I love uh, yeah, Wayne. Yeah, you're right though. You can't go wrong with either one of the yeah, yeah, either yeah. one of the wings. Um, all right, should we hit the last segment? Yep. All right, do either one of you want to go first? Uh, so, JP, you get a song of your choice that you're bumping right now and then an all-timer. If you're ready to go, go for it. Yeah, I can go for the song I'm bumping right now. Um, I uh, actually spent... All of you know, nearly all of my day listening to uh, J Cole's new album, dude. On, on dude, I have. If you take, to if you yet. take mine, J Cole's what all I've been listening I to. I totally last forgot. Week. I need to listen to that, dude. Yeah, so it's his his new album. I don't know, dropped a week ago or so. Yeah, um, and uh, he's so good. It's it, legit. It's it's all I've been listening to when my kids aren't in the car since it hit. Yeah, yeah. You definitely can't listen to that. With no, 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 <laughs> no. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, that's I kind of listen to that um, on repeat today. And uh, Route 95, which is the, the, yep. for the first, the first uh, song on the album, just every time it would kind of come back around, I'd, you know, I'd turn it up just a I'd little bit. Turn it up bit. and I'd roll the window down and yep. nice. let the wind flow through my hair because that was before I got it cut. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a cut today? I got a cut today. Do you feel Oof. lighter? Yeah, yeah, around lunchtime. Is it weird? That's super weird. How yeah. long? Have, I mean, how long has your hair been long like that? You said first cut in five. First years. cut in five. Five. Yeah, almost five years. years. That's yeah. banana. Good for you, buddy. Yeah. So I. Uh, How's Kristen feel about it? Uh, I mean, you know, she's she she said she likes it. But okay. Well, what's she gonna say? Yeah. <laughs> it's I done. Fucking, I fucking hate your haircut. Yeah. <laughs> well done, idiot. Yeah. No, but I I think she digs it. Um, okay. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I'm not going to miss. Like washing it. A lot of maintenance. A lot of maintenance, right? Like, and, and I'm, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Because at the end of the day, I, th- I mean, I'm fortunate to be in a job where I throw a hat on every day. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, right. It doesn't really matter what's doing under my hat. So uh, You look fresh, though. Yeah. yeah thank you. It's big sexy. Thank yeah. you. Uh, all right. An all-timer? What's an all-timer for you? Ooh. Um, you guys go. Can I, can I, yeah, can of I course. come back to it? Uh, I'm going to keep on the same theme. Yeah, go for it. Uh, J. Cole Amari. Okay. Uh, it's track two on the mm-hmm. album. Is uh, it's fire, it's, JP? I'm just confirming. You did give yes. a specific song from the J Cole album, 95 South. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I just want to make sure for the playlist purposes. I did. Yeah. Um. So I have Chad's. He texted me, uh, "California Dreaming" by the Mamas and the Papas. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I found another song on TikTok, which has been a great source of music for me. Funny enough, uh, it's "Fine Apple" by Nick D. Okay. It's so good. It's like this funny song where the like tagline is like. If you were a fruit, you'd be a fine apple. <laughs> it's just the catchiest like song. It's like very jammy. Like it's the same thing. Like you roll down your windows yeah. and like you just bump to it. It's so good. Yeah. Uh. All right. I've got another one. Okay. So I watched uh, Jackie Brown. Uh, maybe last week. Underrated movie. Under. Well, it's. I guess I don't know if it's underrated. Maybe it gets the. Maybe it once got the love it deserves. But I feel like it is. Well, it's it's so. It's my least favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. 
Okay. But that's like saying it's my least favorite piece of pizza. I was about right? to say. Like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's like, still, it's still great. Yeah. It's, but it's got one of, what's your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie? Pulp Fiction. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good answer. Yeah. And then, uh, it's I really mean, the Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs is like right behind that. Ooh, I like Jackie Brown more than Reservoir Dogs. Really? Yeah, I do. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Jackie Brown is, um, for me, a top 10 soundtrack of all time. Okay. And if you'll remember the song that plays both in the opening and closing credits, it's called 110th Street by Bobby Womack. Okay. And I'm telling you, it's just, it's been in my head for a week. Maybe longer. All right, here we are. Here we are. This Thanks is for having one. on, dude. No problem. Glad to be here. That was fun. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate everything you do. Appreciate you. Love I'm, you. Uh, love your show. Not, not only am I uh, super pumped that you're a part of the team, but I'm glad you're my friend. Same. So, dude, this song's a banger, by the way. I'm telling you. I didn't know what this was, but this song is an hey, absolute can, banger. Can you just see Pam Greer of course on the I moving can. walkway? <laughs> yes. Yeah, this song is, is a banger, Hundo P. Cheers, dudes. Uh, cheers, yeah, cheers. Pro move, leaving just enough yep. in your glass. I don't think he did it on purpose, but well done. Doing whatever I had to do to survive.